Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with a great friend, Raven Solomon, and I'm super excited about you guys getting a chance to speak with her today. But before we get started, I want to keep you posted for a few resilience resources and reminders. Number one, please don't forget to take our listener survey. The link is in the show notes for you. And Disaster Recovery Journal News, DRJ, has upcoming webinars. You can find those at drj.com webinars. Also, be sure to check the DRJ website for the upcoming journal, as well as check out their website for future events at drj.com events. And all of the links are in the show notes for you. And as Fallis News, you can apply to be a guest on our podcast. Uh, check the show notes for the link at asfollersadvisors.com slash decoded. You can also download our five-step crisis guide uh, to give you a different perspective on how you can leverage the, the tools of risk and crisis management for your business. And lastly, if you would like to request Vanessa Matthews as a speaker for you, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Vanessa Matthews with one T. And lastly, if you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review wherever you download and subscribe to our podcast. This helps more listeners to find us, and it also helps us to know that we're adding value for you. So let's jump right into today's podcast. I'm going to be talking to Raven Solomon. She's the founder, CEO of Raven Solomon Enterprises, and the podcast title for today is Generational Diversity. Raven, hey, how you doing? Hi. So uh, for those of you who probably don't know, Raven is a great friend. She just moved from Charlotte, North Carolina, and she is in uh, Chocolate City in the city of Atlanta. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And she's super talented. So um, we're going to do a couple of podcasts with with her, but she is a expert when it comes to generations and, and, and diversity. And so we thought that it would be so appropriate for her to come talk about the work that she does. Um, so that the people in our profession can understand how do you leverage these tools to recruit diverse and uh, gender different types of talent. So with that, Raven, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to be with you today, Vanessa, as a friend and also as as a guest of the show. As you mentioned, I work specifically in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I found my way here by way of experience, quite frankly, like a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion professionals. There's not, well, at least as I was kind of growing in my uh, profession, there's not a degree for diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And so most folks kind of stumble into it, and I'm no different. I spent about a decade almost at PepsiCo leading multi-generational teams across all degrees of difference. And so I did that for several years, hit the fast track there, and unfortunately became ill and needed to part ways with the organization. And when I did, 
I had always wanted to be a speaker, had always wanted to, to teach in, in a way. And so I find myself here today teaching specifically within the areas of generational diversity, as well as racial equity and overall inclusion. So in short, I help organizations understand generations, racial equity, and inclusion to really become what I call future ready, because the future is diverse. If you didn't know, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Q song. <laughs> so uh, future ready. I like um, that perspective. And we're in the space of always pushing readiness and preparedness. So why is generational diversity important uh, to make organizations future ready? Yeah, so I'm, I'm infatuated with generations and, and examining the generational difference in just about everything. And as my friend, you know this, anytime we're having a conversation, I'm gonna bring up the generational lens at any <laughs> given moment. And so I personally believe that generational diversity and inclusion specifically can help solve just about any problem. The most complex of problems, in fact, need generational diversity and inclusion at the table because no one age group knows it all or has it all, right? Millennials and Gen Z or young talent, if you will, are gonna bring that energy and that passion and that boldness and uh, the cognizance of the day, right? The stamina necessary, the, the tech, savviness necessary to really scale a movement or what have you or to scale change while on the other end baby boomers and gen xers those with more professional experience are the ones that are going to bring the experience and the wisdom and the know-how and the social capital the vision the guidance all of those things so you need both in any challenge if you will and as you know and all of your listeners know being ready for the future and the diversity thereof is a challenge. And so you're gonna need generational diversity and inclusion to solve that. And also, you know, racial inequity, as many of us know and perhaps have learned within the last 365 days, is a major, major, major issue impacting society in and out, impacting the workplace and, and everything in between. And so to solve for racial inequity, we really need generational diversity and inclusion. So I was doing a presentation uh, at a university and we talked about a crisis management case study and a previous example of a client having to denounce racism in their boardroom and us kind of talking them through that particular crisis. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was the Gen Z population that we presented to was just, well, I don't understand why you have to do that. And if a company doesn't believe in what I believe in socially, then I just wouldn't work for them. And I said, well, that's the difference in yes. your generation. Period. Period. <laughs> and, and here's the reality. If you, if, Speaking to your listeners, if you don't know, Gen Z is about to be a quarter of the U.S. workforce in just five years. They are also the largest living generation in the United States. They also have about $150 billion of buying power. So either way you slice it, whether you're looking at it from a consumer-based standpoint and sales and profitability and all the things, or if you're looking at it from a talent standpoint, sustainability, et cetera, they, they matter. What they want matters, what they expect matters. And, and quite frankly, the things that they want, desire, and expect 
are the type of things that are going to move us forward as a nation as well. So it's, it's mutually beneficial. So I think you've talked a little bit about some of the differences between the generations that, that stand out. So I'll ask a little bit of a specific question and then I'll come uh, back out. So what I've noticed in our industry is sometimes when we go to conferences or different events, you've got boomers and Gen Xers that are frustrated and irritated with the millennials. And I always say, well, you raise them. So, hey, who can you really be upset with, right? And then on the other hand, you've got uh, millennials and Gen Z that are frustrated with the other side. And this is specific to the business resilience and the crisis management profession. So just want to ask you, why is that the case? Like, from my perspective, I'm, I just feel like it is clear that a significant proportion of our workforce, specifically in our industry, is leaving. The only way for it to be sustainable, using your, your words, is if we foster an environment where people feel like they are welcomed and where we give them space to learn and open up those doors. And what do you think might be some of the challenges that we're going through in our profession and how can we overcome it so we're not having those types of conversations? That's a really good question. I think it, it's really the same for just about any industry, quite frankly, because a lot of industries are having the same issue. But at the end of the day, I think it boils down to a lack of empathy and a lack of communication and awareness that leads to that empathy. So, and what I mean by that is I oftentimes remind baby boomers that they were once millennials and Gen Zers as well. You may not have been called millennials or Gen Zers, but mentally, you were that. You were super optimistic. You were idealistic. You were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You pushed back. You challenged the status quo. You, you encouraged folks to take risk. You were emboldened, passionate, all the things, right? And so I think if we just pause for a second and remember what it felt like to be in that position, remember what it felt like to be shut down and to be ostracized and to be excluded when you knew that you could provide value. Right. And then from there, we need to have conversations both ways to truly unpack that. So one of the things that I, I think is an issue and, and one of the reasons why you have this frustration that exists within millennials and Gen Zers sometimes is because there's a lack of understanding, a lack of communication that's coming from those who have gone before us. Right. So we don't understand fully what it is you went through. You don't tell us. <laughs> we, we don't understand necessarily the sacrifices you had to make and the hardship you went through and how difficult it, it has been and what you were able to accomplish and get changed. And so there's this frustration because we don't fully appreciate perhaps the sacrifice and all the work because we don't understand it. And so it's important that we provide avenues for those types of conversations to exist that lead to awareness and empathy. Mm. Awareness, yeah. empathy, communication. Yeah, but I think tangibly, there are a number of things that this specific industry can do to attract the next generation of talent. I'm happy to share those things. Well, well look, because that's my next question. So look, in the emergency management space, uh, if you're on the you know, government side, if you're in the private sector, I hear a lot of my colleagues say, I, it's it's hard for me to attract and recruit younger, diverse talent. And I've heard young, diverse talent saying, 
they won't let me in the door because I don't have 25 years of experience or I haven't gone through 75 disasters because <laughs> I'm fresh out of college. And so mm -hmm. what are the things that we could be doing to attract a younger workforce and keep them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and you just mentioned one of the things, quite frankly, we have to think differently about how we design jobs and the qualifications we make a necessity to do the work. Because at the end of the day, a lot of those are just outdated. You know, Gen Z is thinking differently about education. And so I would bet that pretty much every job within crisis management probably has a prerequisite of a four-year degree, if not an advanced degree. And so with that, how many folks are we shutting out by having, this is an example prequal, right? How many folks could we potentially be shutting out because of that? And can we re-examine and rethink, perhaps redesign some of these roles to make them more accessible to early talent? So I think that's one thing. The other thing is the industry itself has to figure out inclusion. Your behavior as an individual matters when you go and you try to recruit and hire someone and certainly as you try to retain them, right? And so I think there's gotta be this investment made into how you show up as an inclusive leader or not. Break that down. What does that mean, how we show up as an inclusive leader? Because some people yeah. don't understand what that means. Absolutely. So to, to be an inclusive leader is to be able to effectively lead across difference. That's difference of all kind. And so in order to effectively lead across difference, you need a number of things, cultural intelligence and competence being one of them, right? So if I've never experienced another culture. I know nothing about them. I've never been out of the country in a, an exploratory way, not a consumer-based way, right? But So it's about me understanding cultural nuance, me being able to navigate cultural sensitivities, et cetera. So cultural intelligence is one. I also need to be able to understand my bias and to manage it. That's another trait or skill, if you will, of an inclusive leader. I also need to be consistently curious. How many of us actually ask inquisitive, pointed questions that yield connection with people who are different than us? Because most of the time we gravitate to those who are most like us. That is a proven bias, right? It's scientifically supported. And, and we all do that. And so it requires us to be curious on a consistent basis to truly build connections with those who are different than us to then challenge our bias and lead to personal growth right? that then yields different behavior. And so those are just a couple of things that inclusive leaders embody and can do. Courage is another one of them, and I can go on and on. But one of the things you could do is, is literally hire a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional who can train your leadership staff on how to truly be inclusive. I happen to know one, but you know, I won't mention her right now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. So if I could talk to you for another hour, then I would, but I know I don't have the, uh, the luxury. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Any closing remarks before we... Uh, wrap up? Yeah, I think if I could say anything, I think I just said it, right? We've got to make the investment into building inclusion in our organizations. If we don't, we, we are literally supporting and accepting a huge risk to our industry, to our business, and to our organization. So make the investment. 
Awesome. Thank you. If you are interested in booking Raven for her to support you with diversity, equity, and inclusion, or helping you to understand more about how to be a future-ready company, please go to her website, ravensolomon.com, R-A-V-E-N-S-O-L-O-M-O-N.com. It's also in the show notes as well. If you want to listen to her more because she's dropping keys, you got to check out her podcast, The Generational View. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.